0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. For one hour, of course. If you can't listen live, you could always check it out on demand anytime you want. And you can find me at scoutfantasysports.com as I have my early look at the week 11 waiver wire with some recommended pickups. Obviously, break it down in detail tomorrow in the week 11 fab guide where we go a little bit more in depth and give you some suggested bids for your fab leagues. Of course, we have the NFL week 10 DFS recap up. Uh, Week 10 prescription notes from Dr. Roto as well as his podcast and the injury report. And you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. Uh, Whatever sport it is, you have, of course, Scout DFS where we have NHL, NBA, and NFL DFS. And the optimal lineup this week for DFS and NFL was on fire. It had Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas, uh, were among and even John Smith, a value tight end, 2500 on Draftkings and he came through with a touchdown. so really good week there. And of course if you sign up now, Ronus 70. If you use that promo code, you get 70% off your first month, whether you want to do NBA, NFL or season long. So basically it's essentially free. I mean 70% off, you really have nothing to lose for one month, try it out and you're going to see. You will have success, you will win money. You'll get back your entry fee and way more, and then you're going to want to continue and join us long-term for a year. So check it out. Again, 70% off, nothing to lose. ronus 70 is the promo code. Essentially, it's basically free because we want to give you a taste of it, and you'll see the value it has and how you can capitalize on it. So uh, take advantage of that now. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com. I keep telling you guys, if you want to win money, Sign up uh, Monday Night Football. They are nine and one against the spread. Uh, so we obviously have a pick coming out for that game tonight in a little bit. And over the weekend, in college football and NFL, ten and three against the spread, two and one for the NFL. The picks were the Seahawks getting nine, the Chargers minus ten, and the loss was the Buccaneers. Although, if you sign up for VegasWhispers.com, there's a Twitter account that says you alerts, and they said. They sent an alert saying the Bucks had moved to three and a half, and if it was three and a half, to back off it. Uh, so maybe you did take him at three. That was obviously a loss, and we are transparent about it. So that was a loss, but two and one in on the NFL picks, but ten and three overall on the weekend when you include college football. So uh, guys are just tearing it up, and again, I want you guys to win. So make sure you join. Over the last four weeks for uh, football, college football, twenty-six and eight against the spread. That's a seventy-six percent winning percentage. It's just ridiculous. And over the last sixteen days, the overall record is 48 and 20. That's 71%. So make sure you check it out. Again, everything is documented. A tweet is sent out at the end of the night with the wins and the losses. So uh the Vegas Whispers account is public. Uh but then there's also a VIP one for subscribers. That's where you get the picks sent to you. You can have alerts set up and you will get the picks uh that day. Uh, There was already one today that was sent out, and the line has already moved two and a half. So if you jump in early enough, you uh, basically got a a few extra points. So again, check it out, VegasWhispers.com. Plenty of ways you can win money with Scout Fantasy Sports, and that's what we want for you guys. Today, we'll recap what we saw in Week 10 and what it means for your fantasy teams going forward. We started off with... Uh, The news of the day and uh, real bad news here. Cooper Cup, we knew it at the time. You know, this is the second time this year he has gone down in the game. The first time several weeks ago, it looked really bad. If you remember, he got carted off. And basically everyone on Twitter at the time was basically saying his season is over. It was horse collar. You could see his knee get bent. He obviously came back for one drive of the second half, then went out, missed a couple weeks, but did come back uh, last week. And we know how valuable cup was to fantasy teams. And if you were a member of scout fantasy sports.com at the preseason, I'm pretty sure you have Cooper cup on your team. No one ranked him higher than we did. In fact, it was probably, it was absurd when you look at the ranking, you're like, wait a second, is this right? But obviously it turned out to be correct. I do have Cooper cup in a lot of my leagues, including the beat Adam Ronis online league, uh, in the fantasy football world championships where I took him on the four or five turn. I had the number one pick. So it's a big a loss. For me, he had six touchdowns on the season, uh, consistently getting red zone looks. He basically had a high floor every week. He hit double-digit points in PPR formats in every full game he played. He would have probably gotten there yesterday. It happened late in the game. He was at 5 for 39. So my guess is he would have caught another pass that would have put him over the double-digit points. But he's a guy that gives you a high floor every week in a high-powered offense. And it is confirmed that he tore his ACL, and he is out for the season. So real bad news there. And this is another lesson, too. Never give up and never look at the team near the top and say they can't be beat. I had someone say that on the Scout Fantasy message boards. I think it was like two weeks ago. He's like, this is the one seed and I'm the two seed. Look at my team. I don't think I can beat him. You know, what can I do? Should I make this trade? Things change in the NFL from week to week. You cannot look at what a team has now and think it's going to be the same for them come playoff time. They could get knocked off before the championship. So a lot of people do this. They look, oh, this team's unbeatable. And you just can't do that because these injuries happen, roles change, and what looks to be an unbeatable team even now in four weeks can be completely different. They There could be injuries on the offensive line. The players can get injured. Their roles could diminish. Someone could surpass them. So you have to keep that in mind. I mean, I'm on the end of it now. I have a league where my team looked Like, clearly the best team in the league uh, for most of the season. And I've lost A.J. Green now. I don't know how long. Could be two weeks, three weeks. Maybe he doesn't return. And I've lost Cooper Cup. Now, the team is still good, but now you're taking away two key pieces. I mean, A.J. Green and Cooper Cup, you're taking those two players away in a competitive league. Those are two players that you were basically banking on 12 to 15 points every single week. Now you take them out. So – It's just a lesson, guys. Do not think that any team is invincible. No matter how good they look right now, it can quickly change in an instant. So never give up and never worry about a team being unbeatable because it can change in an instant. So don't make these rash decisions based on a team in front of you. And I was looking at a lot of my leagues, and I feel like in several leagues, it is wide open this year. Uh, And obviously every league is different, but I think this is a year where there are very few dominant teams in fantasy, and any team that gets in the playoffs can win. You know, obviously, it comes down to matchups and you know picking up maybe key players that emerge here off the waiver wire down the stretch, but it is one of those wide-open years for sure. It certainly feels that way. Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson is going to play on Thursday. Now, he did not play this past week. He sat out with a hip injury. First of all, remember, with Pete Carroll, man, you can't believe anything he says because he says things sometimes and they don't pan out. Now, this is important because that Seattle Seahawks backfield, there's fantasy value to be had. They want to run the football a lot, and they have. They've been the most run-heavy team in the NFL. Now, we saw Mike Davis. He had a good game this week, but maybe not as good as people wanted because in the two previous games that Chris Carson set out, we saw 20-plus touches for Mike Davis. We didn't see that this week. Davis had 11 carries for 58 yards, caught four passes for 21 yards, and he did get a receiving touchdown late in the game which kind of salvages day, but it was Rashad Penny, the first-round pick, who had a big game, 12 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. He didn't get a target, but he looked really good. And we've kind of been waiting for this, and he was probably not in on a lot of rosters. I actually did start him in a 14-team league. I wrote in the Fab Guide last week, and the way I break it down is I have a section for leagues with 14 to 16 roster spots and then another one with 18 to 20 and under the 18 to 20 I put Penny as a pickup because if Carson was out Penny would still get 10 to 12 touches and with bye weeks and with the way that offense is running the ball there's some value there so I started Penny in a 14 team league in fact I didn't have him in the lineup I initially had in Austin Eckler and then once I saw the inactives with Chris Carson officially out, I pivoted to Penny and it paid dividends. So, now if Carson does play Thursday night, it's going to create a logjam at that running back position. It's going to be difficult to kind of figure out what's going on because they have so much invested in Penny and he looked good. So, do, you, do does he play more? Mike Davis did play more of the snaps, though. And Chris Carson, we have seen. When he's healthy, he gets the football. So right now, my inclination is to, is to play Carson, maybe Davis as a flex. I, I just don't know about Penny. He's still played less than Davis. I think Penny is someone you can roster for sure because Chris Carson has shown throughout his career that he just can't stay healthy. We have seen it now, and he's had a couple of real big workloads this year. I mean, week eight, 27 touches. The next week, he got hurt. We saw a game in week three. He had 34 touches. He didn't play the next week. So his body has not been able to kind of withstand these big workloads. So just because he returns this week doesn't mean that he's safe for the season. So I do think Penny can be added in deep performance. If you have 16 roster spots, probably not. And I have a league with 16 roster spots where I have Davis and Carson. So I'm probably not going to be able to add Penny. Yeah, I just can't waste three roster spots on a running back situation. Uh, if it was 18, maybe. But uh, I do think in – deeper formats if Penny's out there Adam, just in case, uh, you know, we do see maybe he does pass Mike Davis this week as the backup running back. But my guess is they go back to Carson being the lead back since he has done well this year. But it is a dicey situation right now with those Seattle running backs. But let's see if Carson even plays first. But the good news is Seattle plays Thursday night against Green Bay, so we will have a decision pretty early. Marvin Jones left yesterday's game He is day-to-day with a bone bruise, so he had an MRI, and the AC and MCL are not damaged, so that's the good news. Now, we'll see if Jones plays this week. It's possible he doesn't. They play the Panthers in Week 11, and then, remember, they have a Thanksgiving game. Believe it or not, Thanksgiving is one week from Thursday. It's almost here. It's crazy to think, but it is. So we know the Lions always play the early game on Thanksgiving, so maybe they play it safe. Either way, uh you know, Marvin Jones I, I thought was in, in line for a big second half, even though that lines offense is really struggling. We'll get to that in a little bit. You know, with the departure of Golden Tate, the offensive line has really fallen apart. They've allowed sixteen sacks over the last two weeks, but uh, Marvin Jones, before leaving the game, had seven targets three for fifty-five. And that was the big thing about Marvin Jones down in the stretch here with no Golden Tate. I think he was going to be looking at seven to ten targets per week. And you look at his last three games, ten, eight, and seven, and he left the game early yesterday, so I think he was in line to get a big workload, but, uh, you know, could be sitting this week. Uh, Julian Edelman, he left yesterday's game with a foot injury, but according to Adam Schefter, it is positive. He's not expected to miss much time, if any. Remember, the Patriots do have a bye in Week 11, so that gives them a couple weeks to get back, and obviously New England losing still uh, will be playing for a first-round bye, so they will not be in a position to rest many guys. Uh, So we'll see if they can get healthy. Uh, for Week 12 following their bye, and get Rob Gronkowski back as well as he set out another week. And it wasn't surprising. We talked about it on last week's show that it made sense that they would sit him, get him healthy, basically give him essentially a month off to get him healthy, although they did not win the game against the Titans. Devontae Parker, the ultimate tease. He has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder, and he's probably going to miss several weeks. So at this point, you can pretty much cut him. Uh, It's been really difficult to rely on the receivers there in Miami, especially when they have Parker, Stills, Amendola active. Parker actually should have had a long touchdown yesterday, but Brock Osweiler missed him. Obviously, Osweiler. Going back to the Brock Osweiler, we know after he got off to a decent start, but uh, Parker did get 11 targets yesterday, five catches for 43 yards, but essentially one big game this year, and we don't know when he's going to return. So at this point, uh, especially if you're battling for a playoff spot, it is safe to cut Devontae Parker from your roster. One of the big things we need to watch this week is what is going on with the Ravens quarterback situation. We heard a report, I think it was Friday, that Joe Flacco is dealing with a hip injury. And he reportedly was on crutches during the bye week, so that's not a good sign. They did have a bye week last week, and Harbaugh is not revealing he, who the quarterback is. He did say he's hopeful Flacco will be healthy enough to start and that he's getting treatment. Uh, they're playing the Bengals this week, and which is a huge game for the Ravens and any hopes they have of a playoff berth. But people started to pick up Lamar Jackson last week. Now, it's not even confirmed that he'll be the guy. Some people are saying it could be Robert Griffin III. I think it would be Lamar Jackson. And we know what running quarterbacks can do in fantasy, and Lamar Jackson can run. So I did pick him up in a couple leagues, Got a lot of questions over the weekend, too, on the message board. And I think there are some scenarios where it was kind of difficult. Uh, I'll give you an example. I have Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield in a league. With Cousins on buy, I needed to start Baker Mayfield this week. But I did pick up Lamar Jackson and just to see and get him cheaply. I think I got him for $2, and that's a $100 fab. And then I did pick him up in a super flex league as well. And there were some other scenarios where – I was good at quarterback, you know, where I have Mahomes, you know, kind of don't need Lamar Jackson. Uh, There was another league where I have Matthew Stafford and Mariota, and I picked up Mariota and started Mariota this week. So I picked up Lamar Jackson for 47 bucks out of a thousand on Saturday night. So he obviously will have uh, an impact in fantasy, even though he did show some inaccuracy during the preseason, but his ability on the ground. Provides such a high floor. So Lamar Jackson could be an intriguing pickup at quarterback this week. Well, we might not know until the end of the week. Jamison Crowder, he needs another MRI on that ankle. So this isn't good news. He's been out for a month now. He's not 100%. John Gruden did say that hopefully, maybe by Thursday, he has a chance. But it's not sounding good wouldn't be counting on Crowder at this point. He's probably been dropped in more shallow formats. I've been holding on to him in a 14-team league because we do have an injured reserve spot, so anytime he's ruled out, I could put him on there. So I'm not wasting a roster spot, but obviously the Redskins' offense, very conservative. Uh, they run the ball quite a bit. We did see Maurice Harris get five catches for 52 yards. He was in my deep sleeper column this past week. So, obviously, he's a benefit if Crowder's is out in the slot. And we did see Josh Doxon score a touchdown for the second straight game. Lots more news to get to, some injury news, and we'll recap the games from Week 10 and what it means from a fantasy perspective going forward. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Have an early look at the Week 11 waiver wire, so you can check that out now. Dr. Ordo has his Week 10 prescription notes as well as his podcast. We have an NFL Week 10 DFS recap And a week 10 injury report. Of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime. If you enter the promo code RONAS70, you get 70% off your first month for season long. Or whether you want to do NBA DFS or NFL DFS. And again, our NFL DFS optimal lineup had Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett. I don't think those guys were very popular. Michael Thomas, Jonu Smith at tight end. So, there was some really, really good picks. So, uh, you know, make sure you... uh, Sign up today. Check that out. Of course, NBA DFS as well. Uh, Optimizer's been on fire, as always, going back to last year as well. So uh, make sure you check that out. And, again, promo code Ronus 70 gets you 70% off your first month. It's basically free, so there's no need to not do it at this point. Uh, Might as well check it out and join today. And, of course, VegasWhispers.com where – they have been on fire. 9-1 uh, on Monday Night Football. 10-3 over the weekend for NCAA football and NFL football. And over the last 16 days, 48-20. That's a 71% winning percentage. Absolutely ridiculous. 2-1 on the NFL card. They had San Diego minus 10, Seattle plus 9. Had Tampa Bay minus 3. They did send an alert if it got beyond 3, not to touch it. But uh, we will chalk that up as a loss. So... Definitely been on fire. And again, I want you guys to win money. So this is an opportunity for you guys to do that. So uh, make sure you check it out today. Become a member and take advantage of uh, a really good uh, opportunity here uh, where you can make uh, a lot of money. And that's what we want for you guys. We want you to stack that bankroll. So check it out today. Uh, Some other news of note. Sammy Watkins is expected to be back In week 11, he did not play in week 10, dealing with a foot injury. And next week, it is a great Monday night football game. One we have been looking forward to all season is the Chiefs play the Rams one week from tonight in Mexico City in what should be an absolute shootout. So puts Watkins in play for sure, especially with six teams on by Uh, without question. You're definitely going to want to get a piece of that for sure. Uh, Doug Peterson said that Josh Adams will get more carries going forward. I kind of thought that was going to happen over the last couple weeks. Uh, He's been someone that I've mentioned in the waiver wire column and the fab Guide. I picked him up a couple weeks ago, been stashing him on my roster. I did not start him yesterday because I mentioned Doug Peterson likes to play several running backs, and that's what we saw yesterday, too. We saw Adams, we saw... Wendell Smallwood, we saw Corey Clement, Adams played 19 snaps yesterday, had seven carries for 47 yards, wasn't involved in the passing game, but, you know, look what he's done. Nine for 61 against Jacksonville, seven for 47. He looks like a good runner. He's a big back, 6'2", 220, and someone that they should use more near the goal line as well. And uh, so I, I think you could see his role increase. I think you want to roster him in deeper leagues, not ready to start him just yet, but uh, definitely think uh, you know he's in play as someone that you could roster in a deeper format. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other news. Royce Freeman, he is expected to be back for Week 11 against the Chargers. Remember, he's missed time with a high ankle sprain. He's very touchdown dependent. He's obviously going to split with Philip Lindsay and Devontae Booker. That's what we've kind of seen when all those guys are healthy. And Lindsay is the best play of the three right now. Uh, Otherwise, uh, Freeman, really a desperation play in deeper formats where you're reliant on a touchdown. So uh, that's something that you, you know, have to worry about there is that, you know, there is uh, too much depending on a touchdown with Freeman. The Panthers released CJ Anderson. Obviously, he wasn't playing much at all. It was all Christian McCaffrey in that backfield and uh I'm I'm assuming Anderson will sign on with another team, and you wonder if this is something that he requested or the Panthers. Uh, that, that's my guess, and there's several teams that could use a running back, so I think you could see C- C- C.J. Anderson sign with someone. He was probably not owned in most fantasy formats anyway unless you were starting to gather your handcuffs and you felt if you're a McCaffrey owner that Anderson would be the guy if he went down. So Cameron Artis Payne becomes the backup, but again, Christian McCaffrey is just b- basically playing all the snaps right now. So, uh there is really no need to even add artist pain at this point. The Buccaneers will stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starter in week 11 against the giants. Obviously he had a lot of mistakes in the game this past week against the Redskins with several turnovers. But the problem is if they go to Jameis Winston, uh, if he gets hurt, then his 2019 team option kicks in. And at this point, probably they don't want that with Winston. So, uh, there's still a shot Fitzpatrick could get pulled at any time, so you have to keep that into account if you are starting him. I did start him in a super flex league over Matthew Stafford, was still able to get the win. Look, Fitzpatrick had 406 passing yards. He just had two interceptions and a fumble. He did add 35 yards on the ground, so they just had a really difficult time in the red zone uh, finishing drives. The Saints signed Brandon Marshall to a one-year contract. Remember, Des Bryant signed last week. And he had an Achilles tear ending his season. I'm not picking up Brandon Marshall. There's just not much here. He wasn't great with Seattle. I don't think he has much left. And as we have seen, even the second receiver in the Saints, it's just not a lot of volume there. So not someone that I uh, really want to rely on at this point. So uh, not not looking to add Brandon Marshall in any of my leagues. Uh, Even with 20 roster spots, I feel like there's better options because you're just not going to want to start him. So it's not something that I would do uh, at this point. Uh, Also, yesterday we had the Lions. What a debacle their offense was. I mean, you were pretty fortunate that you actually got the game that you did out of Stafford if you played them because it was er terrible early on. 274, two touchdowns, two picks, and their schedule is pretty difficult to head. And if Marvin Jones is out, really you can't rely on Matthew Stafford uh, at all right now. Uh, the one guy you can't rely on in this offense is Kenny Galladay. He did bounce back six for 78 and a touchdown. He had 13 targets in this game. And Kerryon Johnson had a tough matchup. The Bears had yet to allow a rushing touchdown to a running back. Kerryon Johnson did get one. He was 14 for 51, and he had six for 38 through the air with two touchdowns uh, one on the ground and one through the air. So he came through if he used them. It was a difficult matchup. And again, if the Lions are going to be playing from behind, it's going to help Theo Riddick with a high floor as well. He had six catches, 60 yards. But, you know, again, you're relying on the receptions. Mitch Trubisky has been, you know, great this year as a fantasy quarterback. He is someone that I took as a backup quarterback in a lot of leagues. I mentioned him as I did an article before the year as some of the quarterbacks to target late. And, again, there was no risk with Trubisky because he was going as the, you know, 18th to 22nd quarterback off the board. If it didn't work out, that's one of those picks where you could just cut him. But he has performed well. He does struggle at times from an NFL perspective You watch him and he makes some poor throws, but he had 355 passing yards and three touchdowns, added 18 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. So four total touchdowns, uh, just a real big day for him. If you did use him uh, in DFS yesterday, it really worked out for you. And I believe the millionaire maker winning team, Andre DraftKings actually had a bear stack rolling with a ton of bears. Uh, So that certainly worked out for them. As uh, they came through. But the one discouraging thing from this is Jordan Howard. And it's really difficult to start Jordan Howard right now. I just don't see how you can at this point. Because this was a game script where it was set up for success for him. And he did not come through. I mean, 11 carries for 21 yards in a game where they had a big lead. I mean, it was 26-7. I mean, he's just really struggled. Uh, at this point, and uh, it's really difficult to rely on him uh, right now in fantasy. Uh, Tariq Cohen, this wasn't a great game script for him, but he did come through if he used him, Six receptions for 29 yards, and also he had seven carries for 15 yards but did get a rushing touchdown. Big thing here was the return of Allen Robinson. Man, he said he was healthy. He was right. Eight targets, six for 133 and two touchdowns. Anthony Miller also came through five for 122 and a touchdown. They have a tougher matchup. They're going to be playing in prime time on Sunday night next week against the Vikings. So, uh, going to be interesting. And Taylor Gabriel obviously takes a hit. Three targets in this game, no reception. So, not someone that you can uh, rely on right now. And certainly you can cut him, I think, for better guys. He had some value when Allen Robinson was out. But when this team is completely healthy, there's just not enough volume to go around. And, uh, that was a a game where they put up a lot of points and he did not, did not come through. As usual, Saints always do what they do. There was a lot of panic on Mark Ingram. It shouldn't have been. He was a pretty good start this past week. You know, they were when the Saints are favored and they're going to be in control, that's kind of a good spot for Ingram. He had 13 carries, 104 yards, three receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. And Alvin Kamara still came through. Kamara's a guy that doesn't need a ton of volume. And I remember when Ingram came back and had the big game and people worried about Kamara and, Kamara's been fine ever since. This is the maybe the best offense in the NFL. You want to argue the Rams and the Chiefs, fine. But they're right up there, and you know where the production is going. Now, Ingram's not going to have games like this every week. But still, uh, when you compare, he's, he's a solid RB, 2 Kamara's obviously the preferred guy. But Ingram's going to get his 10 to 12 touches and always a good chance at a touchdown. I always mention that when I get an Ingram question. Always a good shot at a touchdown. Michael Thomas, dominant as always, 8 for 70, Two touchdowns. Uh, Traquan Smith, disappointment. Uh, really like the talent, but again, not enough volume here in this offense uh, as he did not have a target. So it's going to be really difficult to rely on him. And the offense in Cincinnati without A.J. Green, clearly not as good. And I think maybe some people took that for granted. I do think the Saints defense is getting better. But, man, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd was someone that was popular on DFS. I did not use him. The price was expensive and just because A.J. Green is out does not mean he's going to get a ton of targets. Now, part of it was the Bengals had a really difficult time moving the ball. Uh, the Saints had the ball most of the game. You know, they only attempted 23 passes in Cincinnati and, and 16 runs. So they really didn't have the ball much as uh, the Saints controlled possession. I think their opening drive was about eight minutes. So there wasn't a lot of volume here. But, Boyd three for 65 on four targets. John Ross did score. Someone you could look at in deeper formats. Uh, they go against the Ravens this week, and I know the Ravens' defense was coming off a disappointing performance, but this should be a spot coming off a bye where they play well. So you're really not enthused right now with anyone on this Bengals uh, offense. I mean, Joe Mixon's fine. You know, Mixon at 11 for 61 on the ground, that's 5.5 yards per carry, and 2 for 24 through the air. So it's just they didn't run many plays, so he'll be fine. You know, Boyd will be solid and maybe Ross and T performance, but that's uh, pretty much it uh, with this team, uh, which is in shambles defensively. They are really bad on the defensive side of the football, and one you want to exploit. A lot of questions with the Browns this week because they put up 28 points, but there were some underwhelming production. First of all, Nick Chubb came through, and Nick Chubb was someone I drafted in several leagues, and thank goodness I held on in all of them. And that's always a tough decision for fantasy owners because we draft talent and you can't stash everyone we didn't know Carlos I was going to be traded but in the deep performance you got to hold on to guys like this and, and I'm sure there are people who dropped Nick Chubb and they're regretting it today because Nick Chubb could be a league winner I mean we saw Chubb flash in limited opportunity under Hugh Jackson he had that game with three carries for over 100 yards and two rushing touchdowns and he kept saying he was going to get the ball more and it never happened obviously the trade of Carlos I opened the door Chubb was phenomenal yesterday. 20 carries, 176 yards, including a 92-yard touchdown run. He also had three catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. So they ran the ball very well. Duke Johnson came through as well. Four catches, 31 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Three carries for 15 yards. So we knew against Atlanta he was in a good spot because Atlanta really struggles against pass-catching running backs. Uh, But it took a toll on the uh, receivers. Now, Baker Mayfield came through if you used him. He only put up 20 pass attempts, but he completed 17 for 216 and three touchdowns. And he's someone that you can stream, I think, in the right matchups going forward. They do have a bye next week, but the receivers were really hurt in this game. I mean, Jarvis Landry, two for 22 on five targets. The five targets led the team. David Njoku, one for 18, his only target of the game. So, again, part of it was they spread the ball around as uh, we saw nine different players for the Browns catch a pass. That's not ideal when your quarterback completes 17. So it uh, really hurt some of the other guys, but they had such success on the ground. Uh, Tevin Coleman, just when you felt like, all right, I can get Tevin Coleman back in there, very mediocre performance, 11 for 44 on the ground and three for 19 through the air. So they started to get him the ball a little bit more in the pass game last week, but not enough here, especially in the game where they trailed. So that was a disappointment. And Edo Smith saw only eight touches. But that's generally where he's at. He's in the 8-12 to 12 range, and you, and you kind of know that. Uh, Austin Hooper, though, one of the better tight end performances of the week, 10 for 56 with a touchdown. So he's uh, been a big part of the offense, tied for the lead in targets among the team with Julio Jones at 11. as Julio Jones 7 for 107. And scored again, second straight week. Julio Jones finds the end zone as he's been having a really good year. One of the biggest surprises of the week is the domination of the Titans over the Patriots, 34 to 10. You know, Marcus Mariota is finally healthy. Remember, he had some nerve damage in his elbow, and he said he couldn't even feel his fingers. They had the bye week, and ever since he's come out in the bye week, he's been good. Now, again, not heavy volume here in this offense. They want to run the football, but still, he gives you a high floor because of what he does on the ground. He had 21 rushing yards in this game, 228 passing yards, and two touchdowns, and I thought the line would be bigger because I thought they might be playing from behind, but that wasn't the case. They played from ahead the whole way. They led 17-3 after the first quarter, 24-10 at the half. Uh, Deion Lewis in the revenge game, I thought he was a good DFS play on DraftKings at 4,600. He got 20 carries, but only 57 yards and only two catches for 11 yards as they played from ahead, so that was disappointing. Derrick Henry got both touchdowns on the ground, 11-58 Still don't think Derrick Henry has much fantasy value, though. You're really relying on the touchdowns. He's not going to be involved in the passing game as much. Corey Davis, big game, 7 for 125 and a touchdown. Caught some heat this week, and someone who was a subscriber on Twitter was upset saying Corey Davis has been a bust. Has he been a disappointment so far? Yes, but can we label him a bust? We still have several weeks left in the season. So the guy said I was making excuses, and I said, Look, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But Corey Davis has had some usable games this year. Has he lived up to expectations? No. But what if he finishes the season as a top 25 receiver in PPR? Is he a bust then? So one player doesn't make or break your team. I have Corey Davis on a team that's 8-1. and one. I might lose tonight, uh, depending on what happens. But I have Corey Davis active this week. So say I'm 8-2. and two. One player does not make or break your team. So if you're going to say Corey Davis ruined your season, it's wrong. I have Corey Davis on a team that's 8-2. and two. So he didn't ruin my season, obviously. Something's wrong with the rest of the team. So I still feel Corey Davis can have a strong finish to the season. You know, he went against Stefan Gilmore at times. Gilmore came out and said Davis was good. Davis just beat him. Gilmore's been one of the top corners this year. So there's still hope for Davis. He's getting over 30% of the target share. Mariota's healthy, and he's going to get a lot of looks. He had 10 targets in this game. He came through. I see a strong finish for Corey Davis. So, I don't think we can label him a bust just yet up until this point. Yes, he's been a disappointment. But there's a lot of players drafted in those rounds that disappointed that are worse than Corey Davis. So, I'm not ready to say that it was a bust yet. Come back to me at the end of the season. And if he doesn't finish in that top 25, top 30, yes, we'll say that we were wrong on Corey Davis. When we return, we'll continue to go through the Week 10 action and what it means for your fantasy team going forward. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here at the Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronas, you can find me at ScoutFantasySports.com. And if you sign up today, whether it's the season-long NBA DFS, NFL DFS, enter the promo code RONAS70, get you 70% off your first month. And if you're playing NBA DFS tonight and you're on DraftKings, you can make some late swaps because uh, some news coming out. Jeff Teague returns to the starting lineup tonight for the Timberwolves. He is very cheap on DK, 4500 and Rondae Hollis Jefferson will start for the Nets. Jared Allen is out with an illness. Uh, he is forty-two hundred. So good thing on DraftKings is you can make that late swap. And uh, if you don't have time and to follow everything, use our optimizer and it will update instantly. So uh, make sure you check it out and check us out, ScoutDFS.com, and of course VegasWhispers.com as well. Forty-eight and twenty over the last. 16 days for your betting needs so uh, check it out because you know I'll retweet it at the end of the night and you guys are sitting there seeing all the success I want you to be a part of it so uh, uh, make sure you check it out uh, for sure Vegaswhispers.com taking a look at uh, some of the other things that stood out over the weekend in NFL for fantasy John Smith three for 45 and a touchdown now O. Smith's really talented. When Delaney Walker went down, I picked him up in a couple of weeks, and he just hasn't been involved in the offense. The last couple of weeks, he's starting to get more involved. Second straight week with a touchdown. Now, the volume's not there, just three targets, but they are looking for him in the red zone. So there might be some teams that have major issues at tight end. I think in deeper formats, Smith is becoming viable, especially as this Titans offense is starting to pick it up. We saw Sony Michelle return. Wasn't a great game script for him with the Patriots trailing. He had 11 carries, 31 yards, obviously not catching a pass, so that hurt him. And uh first down game we've seen for James White in a while is the Patriots' offense was terrible. Tom Brady, uh, one touchdown in his last three games, 254 passing yards. So you're going to hear the talk again. Is Brady done? We've heard this numerous times, but, you know, not someone that you have to start a quarterback right now. I think he's like in the 16th, 17th range for fantasy quarterbacks, so – not someone I drafted anyway, will not take a quarterback that early, but been a disappointment for him without question. We did see the return of Leonard Fournette, so hopefully you played him uh, if you had him. This was expected the whole time. We knew that they would wait until after the buy and give him a huge workload, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, he wasn't very efficient, only 2.2 yards per carry. But you know you're going to get the volume with him, and that's what you want. 24 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown for uh, Fournette in his return uh, after missing time with the hamstring injury. He also caught five passes for 56 yards and a touchdown. And that was one of the knocks on him uh, before the year was like, oh, he doesn't catch a lot of passes. And it wasn't true uh, because, you know, he was involved in the pass game last year. It's just he missed a few games. Now, is he – going to be involved as some of the other top running backs? No, but he'll do enough, and he did in this one. As we oh, – Carlos Sada, only three carries, Yeldon three carries. We did see Yelton late in the game as they were coming back in hurry-up mode, pile up five catches for 51 yards, but it's all Leonard Fournette. Uh, Dante Moncrief, three for 98, and a touchdown, four targets. He's the number one guy in this offense. They spread it around, and that's why I avoided all of them. I mean, Keelan Cole has fallen off. Keelan Cole was the guy who was going number one. And he has just seen his role diminish over the last several weeks. He didn't even have a target in this game. So, Moncrief is the one guy you can count on. D.D. Westbrook, 5 for 30. But, again, they spread the ball out a ton. Uh, so, Moncrief is the one reliable guy Uh was breaking down his numbers. And he's been pretty consistent for the most part this year. You know, Andrew Luck, not enough people are talking about him. And the Colts offensive line, I've mentioned it several times on this show. Once again, he wasn't sacked. They've run the ball well. They weren't very good yesterday. Jacksonville, obviously, is pretty good against the run. But Luck, 285, three touchdowns. I don't care what the matchup is right now. You play Andrew Luck. It really doesn't matter. He's playing really good football uh, as the Colts get the win approved to 4-5. or five. And one of the big things people are talking about today is Eric Ebron. Because I'm sure a lot of people dropped Eric Ebron or didn't start him. Because we have seen when Jack Doyle is active, Ebron does see less snaps. Now, the thing is here, they don't have a ton of great wide receivers. They can use Ebron in the slot. But, man, what? two more touchdowns, three more touchdowns for Ebron because he had a an end around. He had a rushing one, and he had three catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. Guy has nine touchdowns on the season. Unbelievable year for Ebron. He's just not on the field as much Though when Doyle's active. He played 21 snaps. I think he ran 12 routes. So if I told you yesterday going into the game, Eric Ebron's going to get three targets today, are you going to start him? You're going to say no. But somehow, he found the end zone three times. And same thing in Week 8 when Doyle returned. He only played 17 snaps. He scored a touchdown. Now, Jack Doyle, owners are probably pissed off. Doyle did get pushed out at the one, and the next play, they went to Mo Alley-Cox, the other tight end who went two for 28 in a touchdown. So, you know, stick with Doyle. Doyle's on the field a lot. He's going to get his production. He had three for 36, so not great. You know, 6.6 in a PPR for tight end is okay. Uh, But, yeah, look, Ebron, I, it's going to be tough to start him every week because there's going to be a week where he doesn't score. But there's only been two games where he hasn't scored a touchdown this year. So I'm sure people will probably go back to him. And he's going to burn you one week. There will be a week where he has like three for 20 with no touchdowns. But they do look for him in the red zone, and this offense is clicking uh, for sure. T.Y. Hilton, three for 77. Obviously, you saw a lot of Jalen Ramsey there. That's a a decent line for him. But uh, you know the Colts offense certainly playing really well with Andrew Luck running things and just giving him great protection. One of the big things that we were seeing, we wanted to see David Johnson get more involved in this offense, especially in the passing game. And we all thought, okay, with Byron Leftwich coming in and he is a disciple of Bruce Arians, that would change. And we saw before the bye, David Johnson in the first game more involved. But, man, we really start here in Kansas City. And David Johnson was one of the optimal plays in the optimizer, which is projected by the RDA projections uh, by Sean Child. So... If you use the optimizer, it it kept spinning out David Johnson. And that was obviously a great value on DraftKings. He blew it out the box. 21 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. 4.7 yards per carry. The Chiefs are very vulnerable against the run and running backs. Through the air, though, this is what we wanted to see from David Johnson. Nine targets, seven receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. So, if you've been patient, you held on to David Johnson, or you bought low... It's going to pay dividends. I look for him to finish the season strong. He has a nice schedule, so looking good for David Johnson owners when early in the season it was looking bad. And overall, I mean, he's been fine. I mean, he's not lived up to the top four, but you know Leonard Fournette's missed time. Dalvin Cook's missed time, so it could be a lot worse. David Johnson does have eight total touchdowns on the season, and he does have 31 receptions, so it's picking up. And we've seen uh, under left, which now 13 targets, 11 receptions, four for 41 and seven for 85 and a touchdown. So certainly bodes well for him going forward. And the 21 carries were his second highest of the season. Uh, We also saw Ricky Seals Jones quietly starting to emerge. I put him in my column this week as a deep sleeper and started him. Well, I didn't have a choice because Rob Gronkowski was my other tight end, but Seals Jones, nine targets, five for 51. I had written in the deep sleeper column, on Saturday that he ran a lot more routes in the first game under Leftwood. So uh, Seals Jones definitely in play as a tight end pickup. He might still be available on the waiver wire. They had a bye last week, and maybe a lot of people didn't scramble to pick him up. Larry Fitzgerald, 10, targets, 6 for 50. Christian Kirk, though, was the disappointment. As usual, the Chiefs roll, though. Patrick Mahomes did not reach 300 yards uh, for the first time in, I think it was seven or eight straight games he had. Still had a decent game with two passing touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, not a big game. Uh, Tyree Hill was really the only one that really came through, seven for 170, 17 and two touchdowns. Kelsey did not score a touchdown; he was six for 46. Still, very good day in PPR. But if you used them in DFS and paid the 7K on DraftKings, you wanted more out of that performance. Uh, no question about it. There, we saw the Rams uh, beat the Seahawks 36-31. Fortunately, Seattle covered, uh, since I did have Seattle getting the nine and a half. Uh, Ty Gurley, once again, 120 and a touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks, 10 for 100, 12 targets. Obviously, he, he and Robert Woods get the boost with Cooper Cup out for the season. Mentioned Josh Reynolds. I think he'll benefit. He's played uh, over 83% of the snaps in the two games that Cup missed. He had one bad game, and the other game that Cup sat out, he had two touchdowns. So, not someone that you have to rush and pick it up, but I think if you had Cup or if you're in a league with 18 to 20 roster spots, he's in play. Uh, and and maybe the tight ends get a little bit more. We did see Tyler Hickby and Gerald Everett score a touchdown, but again, not much volume there. Three targets for Hickby, two for Everett, so really desperation in deep formats, but I'm, I'm not looking to pick them up. Uh, I like the receivers better. We talked about the Seattle backfield, and Tyler Lockett continues to play well. You know, not much volume in this passing game. Even with Seattle trailing, it amazed me. I'm watching the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, they're not even passing. Russell Wilson had 26 pass attempts in this game, 17 completions, yet he still produces for fantasy, only 176 passing yards, but three touchdowns, and he did rush for 92 yards. That was a season high. But they do not like to pass the ball, and that's why you can't rely on a guy like David Moore. He had one catch for 16 yards. Baldwin, 5 for 39. Okay in a PPR, but you want better. But Tyler Lockett has been reliable. He's finding the end zone. He can't keep up that pace, but... Again, it's uh, pretty much Lockett Baldwin who they're looking at in this offense, which makes them viable. The Cowboys pull off the upset last night. I'm surprised if, for those that know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I did not expect them to go into Philadelphia and win last night. This is a team, though, that has talent. They're very poorly coached, and that's my concern. I don't think this win does much. They're still, to me, about an 8-8 eight eight team. But Dak Prescott has been become fantasy viable as a streamer. Uh, he missed a lot of throws early, but did turn it around late. Uh, 270 and a touchdown. Did only rush for nine yards. He usually rushes a little bit more. He did have the rushing touchdown, so that's where he helps you. And Ezekiel Elliott, finally, like get him involved in the passing game. Been screaming about this all year. Seven targets in this one six for 36 and a receiving touchdown. And on the ground, 19 for 151 and a touchdown. Had that great leap over a defender. Would have been a highlight reel if he had been able to not stumble and reach the end zone, but he did fall, but Zeke will be fine going forward. Amari Cooper, 10 targets, 6 for 75, so he's going to get heavy volume with the Cowboys. There's really not much else you can depend on in this offense. Maybe Michael Gallup, but not enough volume there, just three targets, so there's not much in this offense you can rely upon. Uh, Eagles really hurt right now. They they lost Darby. They're, their secondary's in shambles, and they go up against the Saints next week, so... I thought Philly was going to win this division, but it's going to be challenging now as they're uh, two games behind the Redskins. They do play the Redskins twice, uh, but the Redskins getting the victory, extending their lead there. Uh, Carson Wentz had 360 and two touchdowns. Golden Tate was the big story here because he didn't play much, and I did see something from Doug Peterson today where they did have things set up for him, but they started to go hurry up, and they have some code words, and Tate might have not been familiar with them, so he didn't want to put him in a difficult spot. So Tate only four targets, two catches, 19 yards. It's going to be tough to sit them next week. If you're in a deep format with six teams on by next week, I was already looking ahead. One of my leagues where I have golden Tate, I have Chubb on by, I have Sony Michelle on by Josh Gordon on by, and I lost Cooper cup in that league. It's going to be hard for me to sit golden Tate and I have golden Tate in another league. That's a 14 team league. So in more shallow formats, yeah, you might want to see him get more involved in the offense first before you deploy him out there. But, you know, his role should grow. Zach Ertz just tearing it up. 14 catches, 145 yards, on two touchdowns on 16 targets. Wow. I mean, if you have like Ertz or Kelsey right now, like you just have such a huge advantage. As long as you didn't screw up the rest of the team, you're in good shape because that tight end position is just so inconsistent. Uh, the other bright spot from yesterday is Aaron Jones. It's amazing. Because everyone in the fantasy community, Packers fans, anyone who knows football has been begging for Aaron Jones to get more volume. And I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago saying, look, Aaron Jones is really talented, but we got to see the volume. And until he gets it, you know, it's hard to rely on him. Well, he's getting it now. Part of it was Ty Montgomery leaving. Now, only 15 carries yesterday, but 145 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and even getting even more involved in the passing game lately, too. He has nine targets over the last two games. He had nine targets in his first five games. So staying on the field a little bit more and very productive. So you got to feel good if you have Aaron Jones now. It's taking way too long for McCarthy to use him, but it's paid dividends uh, for sure. Disappointing game for Aaron Rodgers, especially if you used him in DFS, thought at home was a blow-up spot, but they were in control this game. He only attempted 28 passes, did throw two touchdowns. Devontae Adams continues to be consistent two more touchdowns Marquez Valdez scantling liked him wasn't a big game but he gave you double digit points in the PPR format at seven targets six for 44 as Randall Cobb was out with the hamstring injury Randall Cobb just hasn't looked good and uh, I think in some formats he's cuttable in a league with 16 roster spots I did cut him two weeks ago Jimmy Graham real disappointing game for him one for 14 on one target uh, for the Dolphins, the Kenyon-Drake saga continues, man. I just don't know how to explain it. You know, Gore had 90 yards rushing on 13 carries, and, and he looked solid. One of it was on 39 yards. Drake's the more explosive back. This was a game that was conducive for Drake as they played from behind. Now, he did leave the game with a shoulder injury, but two catches, 11 yards, 8 for 27 on the ground. It's just so difficult to rely on Drake right now, especially if you're fighting for a playoff berth, because if you get a week like this, it can crush you. So, uh, really, I mean, none of these Dolphins, guys. Hopefully, Kenny Stills can get going if Devontae is going to miss time. Stills only had three targets. Danny Amendola in PPR formats does have a high floor. He had seven catches for 72 yards. So, if think in deeper formats, you can use them. But the Dolphins do go on by in Week 11. So, take that into account. That's probably good for you anyway. The perplexing game of the day was the Redskins in the box. Redskins win 16-3. As I mentioned, Fitzpatrick had a ton of yards but turned it over quite a bit. Chris Godwin, seven targets, seven for 103. Mike Evans did not bounce back, three for 51 on six targets. O.J. Howard's been really good this year with just two targets in this one, one catch for 15 yards. As it was Jaquiz Rogers with the big game, eight targets, catching all eight for 102. I'm not rushing to pick him up. This is a game they played from behind, and they probably will play a lot from behind, but you just can't rely on that production week in, week out. Uh, Adrian Peterson, We mentioned last week it was going to be a struggle. They have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. So he was 19 for 68, only two catches for one yard, did not score a touchdown. He's very reliant on the touchdowns. And Jordan Reed in a prime spot here, once again, four for 51. It's amazing. He's been healthy this year, and he just has not produced. Uh, Josh Jackson did find the end zone second week in a row. He's someone I would consider a deep performance. I did pick him up in a league with 20 roster spots. I did not start him this week. Obviously, there was a great matchup. So if you used him, it made sense. I did use Maurice Harrison a couple leagues. But, again, the Redskins got the lead, played from ahead, so they didn't really need to pass the ball much. He did catch all five of his targets for 52 yards. So as long as Jamison Crowder remains out, you know, you can use him, especially next week with six teams on bye. But, again, they're just not going to throw a lot. Alex Smith only had 19 completions of 27 pass attempts. They're just going to play very conservative in that offense. And, once again, as we saw, the Raiders offense, you can't really rely on anyone right now. Jalen Rashard maybe in PPR formats. He had five for 52. Jared Cook, I guess. He had nine targets for 52. But I really don't want to play anyone else in this offense right now. Derek Carr, if you saw the last play of the game, he just threw the ball away. I mean, it's fourth down. Chuck it up. Throw it up in the air. That wraps it up here. You can check me out. ScoutFantasySports.com. Remember... Ronis 70 gets you 70% off your first month. It's essentially free, and you're going to win money. So check it out. I'll be back Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.